Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your weekly overview of precious metals and market updates. I'm your host, J.D. Bauman, and I'm here with my brother, Joel. Thanks for tuning in. Joel, great to see you. Happy Friday. Happy Friday and good morning. How are you doing? How was Smog the, in the OST soundtrack of Lord of the Rings that you said you'd watch? Oh, it was it was awesome, but I really don't think we have time to chit-chat because non-farm payroll just came out, and I think we should uh, hop into it. Sounds good. So gold is currently trading at $2,037 per ounce. This is up $13 on the week, but we're down a good $20, $25 today. Silver is trading at $22.65 per ounce. This is down $0.24 cents on the week. The dollar index is trading at 102.82. And the VIX, the fear index, is trading at 13.78. Some big news this week was Powell's Wednesday announcement, or rather his, his answers in the Q&A, that the Fed's base case mm-hmm. is not to lower interest rates in March. And then this morning's jobs numbers. Joel, do you want to take it from here? Uh, Sure. I'll start with those just because it's breaking right now. Non-farm payroll had a projected 187,000 new job creation. The number came out to 353,000, which I've been trading for a long time. And number blowouts like this seldom occur. Journalists out there are pitching the economy is strong. You know, things are going great. We've discussed this before, but we're we're never been a huge fan of non-farm payrolls because most of these are part-time work. Uh, but the other thing is the markets don't like this at all right now, and we're getting a little bit of a sell-off because it's so interest rate dependent. The news on Wednesday was that Jerome Powell, when asked, "Hey, are we going to get a rate cut in March?" He said, "No." Mm. And the markets dropped 300 points on the Dow, 57 points on the S&P 500. It's only through the likes of lesser monetary members like Christopher Waller, Loretta Mester, who are saying, hey, you've no, we, we've got it on our dot plots. We do. There's going to be cuts this year. Like there's not going to be any hikes for 2024. And it's just the markets are dependent on that data. Mm-hmm. They need they need rate cutting um, to occur for them to maintain these prices. So when you get numbers like this, 353,000 jobs on the non-farm payroll, that good news is one of the very reasons why Pal said, hey, we're not cutting in March because jobs are looking OK. So good news is bad news for equities, presuming equities are dependent on falling interest rates, which which has been our theory here at Shift Gold all along. And that's proving to be true this morning. It just goes to show just how much power and control rests in the Fed that you can you can have good news. Jobs going up tremendously. Right. And yet stocks still go down. Market still goes down all because of the power that the Fed wields and how we think they might deliver that. Well, power. It's, it's so annoying. It's like I we don't want to come on here and talk about the Fed every week. It's it really it's just it's like the game. You have to play the game because. Every asset's turning into just a trading chip in the Fed casino where you have speculative assets or assets that shouldn't be speculative at all. Like the whole housing crisis that occurred, what made Peter famous in the first place in 07, 08, Mm. happened because houses turned into a speculative asset, which they never were. They were always something that just kept up with inflation. You can overlap a Schiller index on top of the inflation charts, and they were one for one. So, it's so you're, just, you're saying it's all, it's all from this intervention from from the from the federal government, from the Fed, and it's just this game that we have to. It's a game, and it's them. and it bleeds into now equities and other markets, which predominantly should just be what's the future cash flows 
to figure out the net present value. Well, let's, let's get into this game a bit here and talk about gamifying uh, asset prices. Joel, have you been following the New York Community Bank core stock plunge? Down 38% in just, just a day or so. And this is reigniting fears of the signature bank crisis from last year. Yeah, of course, because the provisions that were given to the banks uh, back in March of 2023, those are ending March this year, which is part of the reason why when Jerome Powell came out and said, no, we're not raising rates in March. It's It was such a punch in the face for for banks that are trying to come up for air right now because they're just they're waiting for a, a buoy to be thrown at them, whether it's an extension of those provisions or it's a cut in interest rates. They didn't get that. And so the the weakest link, I guess, is... New York Community Bank Corps, and that that went down. Shall we get into Peter Schiff's podcast uh, on Wednesday, where he talked about how the Fed is thinking about inflation and some of the next steps and things to be looking out for, including some manufacturing numbers that were painting a very different picture, a very well, different picture from what the Fed is Yeah, saying. yeah. So we can get into that in a second. But just to expand a little bit more on the banking issues, um, this is what made me love Peter so much in the first place back in the last crisis where he used to come out just boldly on CNBC when they would have all these pundits saying, oh, the financials are amazing. Uh, Time to, you know, Wells Fargo is at a great price, Bank of America. And Peter would come out and he's like, financials are toxic. They own all these collateralized. At the time, it was they're owning a lot of these mortgage, uh, repackaged mortgage instruments, which we we know what happened with the subprime crisis. But that's that's what occurred, which is occurring now where you have all these banks that own these long dated treasuries at the record low interest rates. And unless interest rates come down on the on the long end of the curve, it's 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 going to get way worse. We're going to see another uh, regional banking crisis here unless you know, we, we get that lifeline. So Peter's right. And he's his whole Roach Motel, you know, famous metaphor is is proven correct here, where mm. if we checked in, in into lower interest rate, you know, QE policy, that's going to have to come back again. Otherwise, you know, look out below, you know, banks mm. are going to fall here. Yeah. But go ahead. You were saying um, you were getting into some of those those manufacturing numbers. We had a week of disastrous manufacturing data. We had the Dallas numbers coming out negative again. We talked last week about the Philadelphia Fed manufacturing numbers, which I believe those specifically were were negative for something like 18 of the last 20 months. Manufacturing has been in recession for about two years, Peter keeps Mm. emphasizing, even though we hear uh, officials saying we're in a a manufacturing renaissance. I, I like Peter's line here. They got the R right. It's not a renaissance. <laughs> it's a it's a recession. It, it just creates this this very funny picture of the American economy, where if, if the American economy is a house, you have this one side of the house that just looks like what what Powell's telling you it is, and what officials are telling you it is. It's strong. It's beautiful. We have high jobs. We have we have high GDP. Right. All these all these numbers which are supposed to show strength. Uh, and then the other side of the house is just dilapidated. You have terrible manufacturing data, like the, the the bedrock. Actually, maybe it's the foundation of the house really is in disrepair. And you're not getting the full picture from some of these cherry-picked headline mm. numbers. Mm. So the manufacturing data is, is a great example of that. Well, um, not to mention the record bankruptcies, the expanding consumer credit reports, the falling in retail, the fact that equal-weighted stock indices have been falling. It's only the Magnificent Seven that's pulling it higher. And it's just, I can go on, but it's, it's no, it's the 
the infrastructure, the underbed, the foundation, as you said, is, isn't there, which is really decades And actually, ago. outside of this is the leading economic index, leading economic indicators, which is an early indication of significant turning points in the business cycle. And this has been negative for like the last 18 months. We've had or over 20 months now, almost almost a record amount of time. Yeah. And so looking out for the coming weeks. So if Jerome Powell keeps this, you know, top dog, strong, hawkish posturing, the, you know, I it's impossible to call tops on markets here, but the equity markets are going to recoil and they can even bring gold and silver down with them and a little bit of a deflation spike. I don't think, I think with the onset of like a potential another regional bank crisis, I, I don't think they're going to beat up on equities too much. They're going to throw a bone. You know, we're going to have more wallers and investors and lesser Fed officials come out and say, okay, maybe not March, but we'll, we'll do a cut in April or May. And I think that's enough for now to keep markets afloat. But it's just the trajectory for this year is unless we get rate cuts soonish and then unless they're significant enough, this is going to turn into something worse than 2008. We'd love to touch on some of our articles this week. So we produce an article about an article a day on the Shift Gold website. And Joel, were there any specific reads that you found most interesting this week? Yeah, one thing that didn't get me too down or too depressed is it's encouraging to see on the state levels being prudent and they're taking up the uh, notes from the constitution and taking up gold and silver uh, as legal tender, removing any kind of consumer state sales tax. Uh, we've seen shining examples of this like Utah where they have the gold backs where you can actually use it in businesses. You can pay your taxes. Uh, this week, we've gotten news, Georgia, Kentucky, Wisconsin, and Kansas. They're the ones next in queue for removing their state sales tax. Any any news to look forward to this week? Any Anything to keep our eyes open for yeah, next Thursday, um, we've got the unemployment claims. So that's been ticking up. So on one hand, you've got really good non-VAR barrel numbers this morning, but we've got unemployment claims ticking up too. It's it's like that that bifurcation of the dichotomy that you talk about, the pretty house and the ugly house. It's just so weird. We've got some of the worst data points and some of the best coming out at the same time. Well, to close, I have a quote this week from Hayek who we've quoted more than once, but never a bad thing to quote Hayek more than once. The more the state plans, the more difficult planning becomes for the individual. Thanks, Hayek. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.